What's up, QAA listeners? The fun games have begun. I found a way to connect to the internet. I'm sorry, boy. Welcome, listener, to chapter 169 of the QAnon Anonymous podcast, the Q Squad Fights Itself episode. As always, we are your hosts, Jake Rokitansky, Julian Field, and Travis View. We never lose friends. We simply learn who the real ones are. What's more, once fake friends stop talking to you, they start talking about you, or leaking your private conversations onto the internet, or accusing you of being a kook, a lunkhead, or a dimp. This week, we're exploring the cast of charlatans that flooded the zone after Q stopped posting and Trump lost the 2020 election. I'm talking, of course, about Sidney Powell, Lynn Wood, and retired General Michael Flynn. These crabs in the bottom of America's bucket, having fed on every available piece of tender flesh, are now clip-clopping in circles around each other in a borderline geriatric battle to the death. Who loves Trump more? Who believes in QAnon the most? Who will be America's next top embarrassment? This is the week to find out on the QAA podcast. And who better to chronicle the saddest cage fight on Earth but our esteemed Travis View? Travis, take us away. Make us dream. Well, I'll say this, you know, as like there's always a little bit of QAnon infighting going on, especially with like Jordan Sather getting mad at people like QAnon mm-hmm. John or whatever. Like they're they're all weird and paranoid conspiracists, so they're always fighting to one degree or another. But this is high level stuff, so we can indulge in this juicy gossip and also feel good about it because uh, I think it's it's useful because it really kind of reveals the inner mechanics of like how these these high level queued networks kind of work, and it also helps us understand you know how much of their bullshit they actually believe and how much is like kind of an act for their audience. So. What happened was, is that uh, there was a blow up, basically, uh, that was instigated by uh, Lynn Wood, QAnon lawyer Lynn Wood. And so as a consequence, he dumped phone calls that he had with Michael Flynn and Patrick Byrne, the CEO of Overstock, because he was just really unhappy with how he was being treated. Now, it's like one thing I will say, just a quick caveat, like when people like fight like this in public, like I always get anxious as like, like how much of this is like for show uh, right. a little uh, like a little bit but like you when you listen to the calls and you see how much they're fighting i think this is all really genuine yeah you don't necessarily get the sense that this is like kanye west and uh drake battling about whose album is better yeah it's like the thing is that conflict creates attention so this is why people beef intentionally but i don't know this is real so like Lynn Wood and Michael Flynn, I mean, they're a, a once upon a time, they're super, super tight, especially uh, when they're as around sort of spreading lies and conspiracy theories about the 2020 election. All the way back in uh, December of 2020, Lynn Wood even openly sang the praises of Flynn during a rally slash press conference in Georgia. But I know this man and I know what he's doing right now. I know what he's been doing for many, many years. He's been fighting for America. And he's been fighting for you, the people, for the last several years. He's been fighting the same people that persecuted him for years and falsely accused him for years. That are trying to steal our country from us. Give it up for General Michael Flynn. promise this to the general who will be our general George Washington I promise this and I know you the people will join me in promising we're going to fight 
like a Flynn. Fight like a Flynn. And when we do, and we will, we'll fight like a Flynn. <laughs> Does his hat say fight like a Flynn? Yes, he put on the fight big like hat, a Flynn yeah. hat. Put on the merch hat. You put on a big merch hat. Incredible. And then you got fucking Ali Alexander, uh, Sidney Powell. And that's Vernon Jones behind him. And he's also going to be relevant in this story, unfortunately. Oh, just standing behind him, beaming, just beaming at the at the crowd's reaction, which is massive. I mean, it's yes, insane. The, whole, the Stop the Steal movement in like December 2020 was like was like huge. So like they're they're fired up. They thought the election was actually going to be reversed. Yeah, yeah. That was worth noting that like like the sort of the more mainline Trump people were sick of Linwood's shit even then. Uh, there was a uh, article from Breitbart around this time that said records Lynn Wood has for decades voted for donated to Democrats, including Barack Obama and David Perdue's 2014 opponent. <laughs> and this article was was uh, tweeted by the Trump war room. So like it's like so even like, you know, people who are like close to Trump are like, oh, this, this maniac. They're trying they're trying their best to like shed him. But he was still part of like a core kind of uh, alliance uh, that was sort of like MAGA, QAnon, that involved Linwood, Michael Flynn, and Sidney Powell. But cracks in this alliance fractured due to media interviews with Kyle Rittenhouse, who was recently acquitted on murder charges he picked up for fatally shooting two men during protests in Kenosha, Wisconsin. First, Rittenhouse told Tucker Carlson that his attorneys, who were Linwood and John Pierce, could have bailed him out of jail in uh, September. But they kept them there until November to raise money for their own benefit. Things got worse for Wood when journalist Ashley Banfield interviewed Rittenhouse. In that interview, Rittenhouse called Wood insane and accused him of grifting. Um, we fired him because he was like going on with all this QAnon and election fraud stuff and just stuff we don't agree with. And so it was his political views that led to you firing Linwood. A mixture of a little bit of that. And what else was in the mix? Just how he is as a person. And what does that mean? Uh, he's insane. What made you think he was insane? Just how he, like, how he thinks he's God, and he just does, like, says all these weird things, like, like we're going to keep that boy in jail because there's not going to be any... Um, there's not going to be any civil or criminal cases come no, come the election, which is just complete insanity. So you fired him and got a hold of the, the money that was raised and bailed out. And now I think it's around $2 million. Am I Correct. mistaken? $2 million. Okay. What happens to that money now? And what do you know about it? On the day that I was acquitted, Lynn Wood and his attorneys filed a motion with the Kenosha County Court saying, hey, we want that $2 million back that we raised for Kyle, which is supposed to go towards paying my legal bills that I still have going. And he filed that motion as the verdict was being read, as I was walking into court to learn my fate. And he, he just was trying to grift that money back when he said he raised it for, for me so I can be able to pay my legal bills. One thing that's interesting to me about this clip is he's is he says that like oh yeah we fired him because of his like QAnon uh, you know beliefs in QAnon and like election fraud and stuff and the interviewer is like oh so his political beliefs 
Like, as opposed to being like, oh, so because of his, like, wild conspiracies. Like, it's concerning uh, that QAnon and uh, the, uh, you know, election fraud is considered a political view nowadays. Yeah, yeah. It's like, is, I mean, I imagine this is Fox. This is a Fox News. No, this is a local news station. Oh, okay. But uh, but no, no. It, now it's like now it's like your your position on like you know housing policy. You know, QAnon mm-hmm. is just is just yeah, sort of like just, oh, that's just your view now. It's another issue. Yeah. It's a deep state pedophile cabal. Uh, this is an important issue. You know right. that voters are really concerned about and and that's a true statement. It it, it is you know oh God. What a mess. So for people in like the MAGA world who are sick of Lynn Wood, this was basically a green light to fire at will at him because Rittenhouse is like, well, he's the new golden boy on the right at the moment. So if uh, if someone has slighted him, they can go ahead and get thrown overboard. For example, uh, Sebastian Gorka called Lynn Wood a fraud. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, who has been criticizing Wood since early October, called Wood's actions absolutely evil. She even went as far as calling for Wood to go to jail in a tweet. Lynn should go to jail for what he did to Kyle. I also fully blame him for why Georgia lost our Senate seats. He's from Georgia, and we know him as a lifelong Democrat, not a Republican. He grifted off of Trump and told people not to vote on January 5th, saying their vote would be stolen. So the battle lines were drawn. Uh, Some people on the right did speak out in defense of Wood. For example, Arizona State Senator Wendy Rogers defended him. Uh, There was Bobby Pitton, who was involved in the Arizona audit efforts, said, I stand with Lynn Wood and called Wood a true American patriot. Uh, QAnon John, who is the organizer of the multi-day QAnon conferences in Dallas and Las Vegas, also wrote a message in defense of Wood. Meanwhile, Wood's one-time allies Michael Flynn and Sidney Powell made no statement at all about Rittenhouse's comments. Wood directly called out Sidney Powell about this silence and then retaliated by airing some dirty laundry. Here's what Wood said in a Telegram post. Sidney Powell's comments on the false ambush attack against me by Fox News and Tucker Carlson. Crickets. Draw your own conclusion. Hey, Sydney, I thought you loved me. Hey, Sydney, did you put my name on those fraud complaints you filed around the country in which I had no input but have been used to vicariously attack me? Hey, Sydney, is DefendTheRepublic.org under investigation by federal authorities related to its finances? Hey, Sydney. Are you in a multi-million dollar dispute with General Flynn? For some reason, Sydney will not return my calls to discuss these matters with me. So I hope she will see this telegram message and call me. I love you, Sydney, and I am praying for you. My God. It, it always cracks me up when they do this big fucking grandstanding, you know, uh, all of this stuff just at the very end to, to say you didn't, they won't call me back and nobody returns my calls. Oh, it's so funny. Yeah, Wood makes a pretty serious accusation there that uh, Cindy Powell's sort of like um, sort of stop the steel organization, defend the republic is under investigation by federal authorities related to its finances. As it turned out, Wood broke some news there because uh, on November 30th, the Daily Beast reported that there is a federal investigation into Defend the Republic. According to that report, uh, a grand jury was impaneled and subpoenas and document requests had gone out to multiple individuals as recently as September. 
So, I mean, we don't know what's going to come of that, but it seems like she is facing some very serious legal heat. Michael Flynn eventually did make a statement about Lynn Wood, but it was pretty lukewarm and didn't like explicitly defend Wood. That was not good enough for Wood. So Wood made another telegram post criticizing Flynn for delivering that, that prayer, which was plagiarized from a theosophical decree from Elizabeth Clare Prophet. But for some reason in the post, Wood calls her Margaret Clare Prophet. <laughs> Wood also hits at Flynn for his endorsement of Georgia gubernatorial candidate Vernon Jones. This is likely because while Vernon Jones was the CEO of DeKalb County, Georgia, he was repeatedly accused of threatening, intimidating, and harassing women. In 2004, he was even accused of rape. The woman who made this accusation, however, declined to press charges, citing the emotional distress that it would entail. Here's what Wood said. Flynn is right about the truth always coming out in the end. Watch it happen. Flynn is right about the power of prayer. But God does not hear the prayers of a non-believer. God of the Bible only hears the prayers to the Father in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. I do not believe God of the Bible hears the prayers of an occult New Age witch such as Margaret Clare Prophet. But only God knows the answer to that question. God knows everything, General Flynn. Everything. Lynn. P.S. Hey, Mike, did you ever publicly withdraw your endorsement of Vernon Jones? Or are you still doing business with him? Inquiring minds want to know. He is so funny. He has to break away. He's always like, P.S. Hey, hey, person I'm riding to. I'm screaming at you across a room. In my mind. I mean, he kind of is. I mean, he's being like, I mean, he has a flair for drama, but he's obviously, is like, basically, I don't like what you're saying in private, so I'm just going to make this a public matter. He's playing to the audience. Yeah, he's doing like WWE yeah. on mm -hmm. stage stuff when the other person's trying to whisper. In response to some of this drama, Sidney Powell posted a meme that says, it's not the stab in the back that kills you. It's when you turn around and see who's holding the knife. This is, she is a 65-year-old woman. <laughs> So Linwood posted some choice words directed at Powell as well. I turned around slowly over the past few months and I documented who was holding the knife, Sidney. You played me and you played the Patriots. I love you. And as I said to you in a recent text, the truth breaks my heart, but it had to be told for the long term good of our nation. I pray for you, Sidney. Okay, now he's just doing dialogue from soap operas. <laughs> yeah. This is all like the really shitty dialogue in like season 20 of a soap opera. Yeah, it really is, yeah. Wood then lashed out at Michael Flynn's brother, Joe Flynn, as well as Patrick Byrne. Uh, Byrne also briefly served as the CEO of Defending the Republic, but he said he stepped down, claiming he had concerns about the group's finances. Here's what Wood posted. Check this information out, which I just learned. After hashtag fight back, raised a $2 million cash bail for Kyle Rittenhouse's release, I have just learned that Patrick Byrne and Joe Flynn were making efforts to contact Kyle to tell him that Patrick Byrne wanted to raise $5 million for Kyle through Byrne's The America Project organization. $5 million? What in the world was going to be done with that much money for Kyle? And where was old Patrick and old Joe when hashtag fight back was trying to raise the two million cash bail for Kyle? Something ain't right here. Someone needs to research how much money the America Project has raised. 
and how it was spent. A full audit needs to be undertaken as soon as possible. Errors may have been made, or God forbid, something worse may be at play. So Patrick Byrne, now roped into the drama, he made a rumble video with the title, I hate to break it to you folks, but Lynn Wood is a tacky kook. In the video, Byrne explicitly denied the accusation that he took part in a scheme to take $5 million. Joe and I had a scheme, uh, Lynn told me, to raise $5 million off Kyle Rittenhouse, and we approached his mom to raise $5 million. Okay, I think the phonemes, so that's the accusation. I think the phonemes, Kyle Rittenhouse, never left this mouth until about a week ago. In other words, I've never said the person's name aloud. It's never been said within the America Project, never heard of it, never heard of any scheme to raise $5 million. So I, so I went back and said, Lynn, let me just get this straight, what you're saying. You're saying you have, and he tells me he has a text that says that. And I, and I basically said, I mean, nicely, I said, you, you tell, I challenged. There's no, t- that this, and he said, well, the text isn't from you, it's from Joe. And, and something about Kyle's mother. So I said, okay, so now you're saying it's Joe has a text to Kyle's mother that we want to raise $5 million and we're going to help Kyle with it, but really we're going to... And he says, well, it isn't to Kyle's mom, but ask David Pierce. So I don't know what that means, but let me just tell you, it's all kookiness. Obviously, I don't know who's telling the truth in this situation, but I think it's amazing that you would, you know, associate yourself with people who have promoted QAnon and stop the steel bullshit and then act aghast that they would make accusations based on thin or non-existent evidence. Wood was not very happy with uh, Patrick Byrne's video. So as a consequence, he released a phone call between himself and Byrne that took place on Thanksgiving Day. In that call, Byrne, he comes across as like really defensive and Lynn Wood comes across as like really testy and kind of angry. Near the beginning of the call, Wood asks about the money that has been flowing towards Flynn, Byrne, and Powell. I know that you're involved with Mike. Uh, I know there's an involvement with Sydney. I know y'all are in defendtherepublic.org. I know that you have the America Project. Uh, I'm not sure where all this money's going. But I think somebody owes to the American public, public a full accounting. You asked me about Kyle. Fight Back was fully audited independently in 2020, which was I the only year we... Let me finish now. I you raised not. the question. The only I year that we question. raised money for Kyle... You want, to, you, want me to, you want me to finish my, what I'm saying? Okay. 2020 was the year we raised money for Kyle from September to November. We have had a fully full audit by an outside independent auditing firm, CPA, our books are pristine. Now, why don't you do the same thing? Everybody's owed the truth of what all this money's going to and where it's being spent. If everything's fine, like it was with Fightback, when the false accusations are made, like they've been made against Fightback, you have the ability to answer them and then sue the hell out of anybody that's made those false statements. Watch out for what's gonna happen soon. Well, uh, thank you for your legal advice. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Lynn Wood is so fucking paranoid or thinks he's going to catch, you know, Patrick Byrne up in, in anything that he's just recording the call. Like, you can clearly tell it's recorded on Lynn Wood's side, of course. I mean, Wood apparently records all of his calls. Uh, Lynn Wood also had a call with Will Sommer. He also dumped, but <laughs> but that wasn't very interesting. 
From here, Byrne explains his involvement with Defend the Republic, which he says is extremely limited. It's obvious in the call that Byrne is nervous about getting wrapped up in whatever bad stuff he thinks Defend the Republic is up to. I'll tell you real quick, on March 5th, both Sydney and Mike asked me to move down to Florida and stand up defending the Republic. I said no, and they said, oh, it's all going to fall apart, we're going to need you to do this. Sydney was moving to Florida, you have to do this. I said, I'll come down for four months and get it stood up, and then I'm going to turn the keys over to you. I came down, I lasted 11 days with Sydney. I'm not going to go into the details, but there was one day, 11 work days, so 15, when I came down on March 12th, one week later, and I can tell you on April 3rd, I think, Mike Flynn, Joe Flynn, Patrick Byrne, and the other five people that I had hired and built an office around all walked out the door at Sydney and had never spoken a word to her since. Now, you can infer what you want from that, but by lumping with me, Sydney, it tells me that you're not, I haven't spoken a word to Sydney since April 6th, and I never will again. And is, can is, also, de is defending the republic.org under federal investigation? I have not walked out. We all resigned on April 6th. We walked out the door. I gave her a laundry list of things she had to clean up and told her she had to get an auditor and then and then showed this and everything. She refused to let me look at any, well, I can't tell you anymore. I can't tell you anymore. But I left her. I, I, we walked out after 17 days there and the entire, I mean, I had hired about five people and we had Mike and Joe. And, uh, and we all walked out on the same day. And you can infer what you want from that. And but you're a smart man. You can probably guess. Basically suggesting that it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, Defend the Republic is like, is like shady. Like, the books aren't right. But he's saying, like, I had limited involvement. I was barely, I was like, I got out this day. I was not deeply involved. And so you can't, you can't, you can't pin this shit on me. Whatever she was doing, you can't pin on me. <laughs> Byrne then suggests that the falling out between himself and Sidney Powell wasn't all business. Rather, he claims that she was mad because he refused her sexual advances. Some of it has to do with Sidney was trying to bed me. And I said, no. And we have texts and witnesses to that. And then she became a woman scorned. And that's what her animosity towards me is all about. There's zero, was zero question of anything to do with money, any, anything to do with Mike and her money. That's all a lie. It's all a fabrication. It's completely false. It has no bearing to anything in reality. Well, I, let me tell you, there's, there's one thing I do know about, and that is a woman scorned. I've had four divorces. It's not good. If Sydney wanted to bed you down and you turned her down, I, I, I don't know Sydney. I, I only know her from a professional standpoint, but... Yeah, that's she, that's she, really neither here nor there to me. Well, she was incredible. The, if you've ever seen the movie The Devil Wears Prada, working with her was that movie squared. Byrne elaborated on this point, saying that Sidney Powell repeatedly got drunk and tried to seduce Byrne. <laughs> <laughs> this is the villages. This is, uh, you know, this is how transmission of STDs in America really works. She also twice got drunk and, and really very directly tried to get me to bed in front of other people. And she got really hurt. And she wrote me love letters and this kind of nonsense about how hurt she was and stuff. And then when it all snapped and we walked out the door, she became super vindictive. And all she's done is go around for six months and, and raise and make up stuff about me and Flint. I've that never, was I've, I, she was here for that period of time and she came back for a, Brief few days. I didn't even know Sydney drank. I didn't see her drinking when I was uh, when she was here. 
Coming on you guys, she's this whole this uh that's a whole big act. This whole evangelical thing that's just for your crowd. Well, so, she to- she told me she was loved Jesus. Well, that may all be. She plays it up when she's around your crowd. When it's when she's not around your crowd, it's a different woman. I got you. Lynn Wood, Lynn Wood's like, well, I'm a little bit offended that she never, you know, tried to tried to sleep with me. I, yeah, I, you know, I, I don't, I would, you know, I, I would have noticed. Worse than all this, according to Byrne, Sidney Powell spread salacious rumors about him. But she spent six months trying to get everyone in the evangelical community to cut me out. I won't appear with Patrick Byrne. She made up. She, I heard that I poisoned her. I heard that I drugged and date raped her. I've heard crazy stuff, and she's just that shit. That's all I can say. I literally have heard well, there's somebody. There's part. So she gets with people and starts rumors. One is like that I poisoned her, and another is that I drugged her and date raped her. Again, I don't understand how you can be know anything about Sydney Powell and then act flabbergasted that she would say false. Things that are slanderous. There's so much crap here. It's just ugh. this. This is like the kind of drama that that plays out in message boards after a furry con. <laughs> in Burns' telling, Sidney Powell was not transparent about the finances of defending the republic and didn't want to get an audit. Within a day or two of being there, I said I need to get my hands out of the money, and she started telling me, "Well, here, there's one account with a million dollars in it." You manage that. And I said, no, no, I'm, I need to audit. I, we need to build accounting around everything. And she said, you can audit that one bank account. And I said, that's not how it works, Sydney. When I sign things to the IRS and the federal government, I got to sign for every dollar that came in, not just one little bank account that you created for me. I need visibility to hold money. And then I got a CFO, a CPA, CFO to come in. And she said no to me. I said, well, once she, I said to myself, once she has a CFO, he'll make her understand. You can't just say, we got a CFO. And after 10 days, he said to her, we need an audit. And she blew her top. And I, and I said, no, we need an audit. We need to audit super nuts every dollar that came into this business. We hear there's, you won't believe how much money I heard came in. I never saw, we never saw we, like over $800,000 Later in the conversation, Linwood raises concerns that the Maricopa County election audit in Arizona was fraudulent. And he suspects this because the final report from the firm that did the audit, Cyber Ninjas, and CEO Doug Logan didn't find enough fraud. So they didn't, they didn't, their final report didn't say, oh, China did it. Actually, Trump got a billion more votes than was reported. This is all fraudulent. We need to reverse the election. Since it didn't say that, they think that was it was a grift, basically. In the call, Byrne assures Wood that the tepid report was all by design. I have heard from a reliable source involved with the audit that there were some very serious mistakes and omissions made by Doug with respect to the final audit report. That bothers me. It makes me almost think that the audit was a scam to get money delay and discourage people from investigating 2020. Have you ever heard that before? Has there been any concerns raised in your mind that somebody might be doing that? Uh, <coughs> close. And the same concern crossed my mind when their final report was tepid and watered down. However, having talked to the senators involved, the hardcore red meat senators, Borelli, Wendy Rogers, others, they tell me, because I was really curious, and I said, did Doug, why did Doug, because Doug told me he'd been ordered to leave the word fraud out of the report and to make it as tepid as it was. 
And they, when I met with them, they said, no, 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 we're the ones who made Doug do that because this is so devastating. We didn't want his report to be saying fraud. We want the attorney general to say report fraud. So we're, his report, we instructed him to be make it as bland and just fact, fact, fact as you can make it. The attorney general has been begging the Senate, turn this over to me. I want to get criminal charges going. And they were holding the Senate, the attorney general off. Now, this is all directly from these senior senators in Arizona telling them this over lunch. They were holding the AG off so that they could, once the AG put his arms around it, then it could all get swallowed up and no one would know anything. So they said, let us finish our report. We'll get it to you. You take it from there. But didn't, like, correct me if I'm wrong, I can't quite remember what happened since we live in a hellscape, but didn't Barr, like, uh, uh, like come out and essentially say that, like, yeah, there was no, like, real sort of evidence of, like, there was no real evidence of fraud, like, worth, worth uh, you know, that made any kind of difference or any significant way. Oh, yeah, all the establishment Republicans, even, like, you know, Mitch McConnell, be like, oh, nope, nope, the election was legitimate and it's over because they want, they just want to move on. Yeah. Like, these maniacs, they, they don't want to move on. They want to live in 2020 forever. Right, because a guy like Mitch McConnell survives after Trump. I mean, you know. He, he's got a job. He's got benefits. You know, he's got family. Uh, it doesn't matter whether or not Trump same same with Bill Barr. I mean, he doesn't I mean, you know, I doubt we'll ever hear from him again. But like, you know, they they, they actually have, you know, careers and reputations to worry about somewhat. Whereas like Linwood, Sidney Powell, Mike Flynn, all of all of these people, they're the crab. They're the crabs fighting for the fucking for the dead pieces of fish flesh at the bottom of the barrel. They've got nothing to lose over this. Like in in fact, and and if they can fucking pull a rabbit out of the hat, they've got everything to gain. In the call, the topic of conversation then turns to Georgia gubernatorial candidate Vernon Jones. Burn sounds exasperated at how easily Flynn hands out endorsements. What the heck's the deal with Vernon Jones? Mike does have a we've asked him not to do this. He runs around and if some political candidate meets them and they sit and have coffee for 15 minutes and Mike likes them, Mike gives them an endorsement without doing real research. And he doesn't know. Sometimes there's six people in a race and there might be three people who, so we keep telling him, Mike, don't endorse people. Just give a Flynn seal of approval. Like maybe you're going to give the Flynn seal of approval to three people in a seven man race. <laughs> that. The people in his inner circle, in Mike Flynn's inner circle, feels like you fucking more to like think, think before you act. Could you like, you know, like think about who you're endorsing? Do do like look at his background maybe before you like, you know, say put on the Flynn seal of approval. I love the idea, too, that like if if Mike Flynn just like sits down with somebody for like 15 minutes and he's like, he seems like a good hell. Yeah, you, you sure. I'll, I'll, you have my seal of approval that like there's no level of thought beyond that. It's just like, nah, he's a good guy. He sat with me. We talked. We, you know, we agree about things. You know, he I looked me right in the eye. Gave me a firm handshake. Yeah, I really, I will, yeah, I endorse him for governor. This is like, uh, yeah, like an old group of thieves that have uh, <laughs> met up after the big hall. And then they're like still pals and shit. And then, you know, a weekend, Michael Flynn buys a big flashy car and one of them has a talk <laughs> with him. And within a month, like half of them are dead. <laughs> Lynn Wood then gets down to brass tacks. He's mad that he was called a fraud in public and Mike Flynn barely did anything to defend him. The problem is the whole allegation was that I was some sort of a fraud that had stolen money from a young boy that was in trouble. 
Do you know how angry that makes me? Of course. And do you know how I feel about the people that claim to be my friends that know it's false and they don't stand up and fight for me? I wouldn't get in a foxhole with Mike Flynn. Now, I tell him before the battle, I ain't going to be in there for you because I know if we went in the same foxhole, Mike, first time the shot was fired, you'd turn and run. You'd be hitting the back because you'd be a coward running. I'm not happy with Mike Flynn, and you can tell him I said that. If he's such a, he's a hot shot general, he ought to come down here and sit down and talk to me. He can fly all over the country. He never offered to come and sit down and talk with me. And I told Joe, old Joe called me yesterday. He was in a tizzy. What, can, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're going to hurt Mike. I said, I'm not hurting Mike. I'm telling people the truth. If the truth hurts, I'm sorry. Wow. And, and so there, there, I mean, at least in my opinion, is the root is that this guy, you know, is that Wood, you know, was being humiliated. You know, his credibility was challenged. And, and you know, somebody who he believed was like his, you know, best buddy. You know, and this happens in friend groups and, and, and acquaintance groups is one person in the group thinks that everybody is their best friend. And the other people in the group are like, you know, could take them or leave them. And so it sounds to me like this is kind of the root of the sort of anger is that I got called I got called a fraud and nobody nobody had my back. Not one single person. They didn't have it. They let me sit here hung out to dry, you know, saying I stole money from a boy. You know, I never steal money from from young boys. That's just that is something that Linwood does not do. I steal from men. I steal from grown men, grown women. I steal women. from men. I do not steal from boys. I am a boy. And adolescent, adolescent children, yes, but a young a young boy who needed help. Listen, sometimes boys to men they change, and at that point you can thieve from them. Sometimes boys they murder murder two people, and and uh, you know they need help. Oh God! Uh, you know, uh, avoiding the consequences of murdering those two people. Oh God! And I would never, I would never <laughs> uh, take money from a boy, from a, a young murderer uh, who really needed my help. <laughs> now look, now look, Julian. I see you cackling like a hyena over there. And let me tell you, when it comes, when it comes to boys, yeah, and the murders they commit. Uh huh. Yes. Linwood will be there. Okay. And Linwood will raise money. He won't take money. What strikes me is like how, like, I guess, I don't know, common and dull and universal uh, that the cause of this blow up is. It's, it's money, reputation, and if burn is to be believed, sex. Just stuff that exists everywhere, causes everywhere and everyone to fight all the time since the dawn of society. Lindwood made an interesting accusation in the call. He claims that Michael Flynn is planting questions at events about whether Flynn is going to run for president. It's about the bigger issue of what is Mike doing? I know he's been planting questions to suggest that people to ask him if he's going to run for vice president. Is Flynn looking to run for president in 2024? Because it looks to me that Mike is not fighting to fix 2020 that Mike is looking for his own agenda to potentially run for office in 2024. That's not somebody I want to do business with because I know the election was stolen. Mike knows it. And it's a communist effort to take over our presidency. And if we don't fix it, we're going to be lost. Again, this is another issue where it's like, it's like Lindwood, at least on the issue of like election fraud, he's a super, super true believer where it's like, oh, no, no, no. I really genuinely believe that there's a uh, that there's a communist takeover and the election was stolen and China like hacked the servers or whatever. He thinks all that is true. 
Whereas like some people in the circle was like, oh yeah, we, you know, we say it's true. Maybe it is, but also let's like move on and think about like uh, how we can get people elected in the future. Did Patrick Byrne give a, any sort of clear answer about, about Flynn's political? Not really. No, no. I don't, it didn't seem like he knew. Um, like, Cause I was thinking about maybe running. It's interesting that uh, it just so happens that uh, Mike Flynn just last month at an event in San Antonio was asked if he is going to run for president. Like his answer, like he acted coy and said that he had to ask his wife first before finally answering maybe. If Michael Flynn becomes vice president or president of the United States, I'm going to find a little cottage in a country no one understands the name of. Yeah. And I will never be heard from again. So that's my snapping point. Yeah, that's a good idea. I suggest everybody adopt that plan. Yeah, we should all, every, everyone should become Ted Kaczynski if that happens. The, Q, the QAA podcast will turn into like a weird preppers like show after that. Like we'll just come up. We'll just we'll just be like on, you know, like a guerrilla radio. Just uh, oh, I will weaponize it against the fans. No, we're going to talk about canning. We're going to talk about drying meats. This will be, be Travis's dream hygiene <laughs> when soap isn't readily available. He's thought about this. That will last one day. I will sabotage the, the podcast and explode. You have 20 <laughs> seconds. That would be a damn fun. You know what, Travis? We can fucking cut Julian right out of that shit. I would love a podcast where you and I go over like survival techniques out in the wilderness, drying meats, uh, getting a good, getting a good like uh, hunting dog. You know that that'll be by our side. The call between Patrick Byrne and Lynn Wood ends with Byrne assuring Wood that the only reason Rittenhouse would say those awful things was because the young boy was being coached. I have to tell you, Lynn, again, when I saw Kyle say that the other night, it didn't occur to me for a second he was telling the truth. Never well, occurred to me. I'd like to see somebody say that. It didn't. I, I don't think he knows he's lying. He's been, you know, he's been, I think he's been manipulated by somebody. As he would even take the time, the fact that he broke the interview to do that and make that point, someone told him to do that. Yeah. Well, I, somebody ought to tell that. I think I will. All right, I'll Patrick. Later, God bless you. All right. Bye bye. Well, so you'll defend me in public. All right, Patrick, that's all I wanted. Good night, my friend. Imagine being such a, <laughs> a, a, a fucking uh, worm that you're recording every one of your friends. Like, you're having these conversations with them where they think they have intimacy, and you're just like, all right, well, that's great, Patrick. I've got enough for the Rico case. <laughs> <laughs> fucking sick fuck. <laughs> I've never once recorded any phone call uh, from a friend. No, that's fucked. Or enemy, to be honest. I've never never recorded a phone call. Maybe Actually, I, start. I did it once. I did it once when I quit my job in L.A. And my boss was a pure psycho. And I went to that uh, coffee shop meeting that she wanted to talk to me at with my phone recording. That was the only time in my life I was paranoid enough. That's when not someone... a friend, though. That's somebody who's potentially no. could be an enemy. Exactly. She had leverage over me in various ways, including like my visa and stuff. So, I, I you know, I was like, yeah. you know. Being smart. But yeah, this guy is a piece of shit. He sounds like Linda Tripp, you know, just recording his friend while pretending to care. I mean, it, yeah. I just love how everything around politics is so rotten. Like, these people are such bad humans. After Linwood released this call on Telegram, he kept hammering at Flynn until Flynn turned off comments on his Telegram channel. He didn't want to keep hearing from uh, Linwood defenders. But that only made Wood matter. Here's what Wood posted response. I love to see the enemy engage in deflection. 
Check out Mike Flynn's Telegram channel. He has turned off his replies. He is trying to talk about issues confronting our nation while totally avoiding an honest discussion of the issues facing him, the occult prayer, the money he charges for speeches, Vernon Jones, Pegasus, and several other troubling issues raised by facts about him. I admit, Mike and Sidney played me for a few months. I had no experience in military psychological operations, but I am a quick study, and I got up to speed as quickly as Jesus intended for me to do so. Wood finally made an offer of peace by inviting everyone he was feuding with to talk about it at his home, but by this time, the bridges were already burned. Patrick Byrne responded by posting this. That's funny. No, sorry, but guys like you don't get to hang out with people like me. Can you even see me from the league you're in? People, they're like retirement age, being like, oh, look, man, you can't sit at this table, man. Yeah, this is I'm some made. high school bullshit. It's like yeah. these, these fucking children. Finally, on November 27th, Lynn Wood went nuclear by posting a recording of a 16-minute phone call between himself and Michael Flynn. The highlight of the call is, of course, the fact that Flynn called QAnon disinformation. But there are a lot of like little interesting tidbits in the call. It, it opens with Flynn talking about distancing himself from Vernon Jones. Flynn refers to Jones getting in trouble in DeKalb County, Georgia. So what's happening these days? I mean, what are you, where, where are you at? Because I, I know where I'm at with, with Vernon. I mean, he and I have been back and forth. And, and uh, you know, he, I'm... I'm, I'm you know, I've had him, just so you know, I've had him remove me from all of his websites and stuff like that. Now, I haven't pulled my endorsement yet, but but uh, because I, I'm still, you know, wanting to get a little bit more information. I mean, I know that he definitely, in, in DeKalb County, he definitely uh, got himself into trouble. There's no doubt about that. No doubt about that. Uh, the, the, the thing that really bugs me, I guess, is the rape charge. When people say rape, because rape is such a strong word, you know. And that's, that's where I just, you know, I just, I, I kind of, I'm not, a, I'm not near that line and I can't, I can't go over that line with people when they, when they make those claims, you know, and there's a lot of people on the, on the internet that say that, you know. In the call, Wood responds by basically saying he finds the accusations against Vernon Jones credible. Number one, I believe that anybody is capable of sinning. <laughs> And you, you can be, yeah, yeah. if you find Jesus, you can be forgiven of your sins. So I don't hold anyone's past yeah. against them. Uh, but I don't ignore it. And I don't, I don't feel like Vernon Jones, yeah. candidly, General, has, uh, I don't think he knows Jesus. So I don't know. I, I've watched him on that. I sent you that video where he made some comments that were suggested to those young ladies that are reporters. I've heard other people say on the campaign trail in recent weeks that he does things like hit on women. Listen to these two SJWs, man. Just <laughs> <laughs> Wood goes on to talk about accusations that Jones has made about him and implies that Flynn has not showed sufficient loyalty by uh, not defending Wood against these attacks. From context clues, it seems like as though this phone call happened around November 3rd, so like a few weeks ago. But I know that I'm loyal to you, and I have been loyal to you, and I've tried to address yeah. our differences in private, yeah. because yeah. I, I, I'd like to think we're more alike than we are different. Yeah, but, but we're different. I mean, you know, it's just everybody's different. But I 
wrote you and told you what Vernon Jones said about me publicly. When all I did was ask him about his finances, and he responded by saying that I was un-American, had made my money illegally, and that I was a racist. Well, all of those are false. There's not one shred of evidence to support it, which I would think you would understand when you want so much evidence about Vernon, but there was none yeah, about no, me. I, you know, I, and I don't, I don't know, you know, I mean, that, 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 that Lynn, he should have never done that. And I honestly, I, I, you know, you might, you may have sent that to me. I don't remember getting it, but that doesn't matter. I ever, honestly, because I didn't Yeah. But the fact that he, the fact that he said it is not right. What really strikes me about the tone of Michael Lynn and uh, Patrick Byrne in their calls with Lynn Wood is that they're scared of him. They're like, oh, hey, well, like, calm down. Let's, right, let's lower the temperature. Everything's cool, man. Don't worry about the thing. I've got your back. I don't want the things to get out of hand. They're, I don't know. They're like really, really anxious. They could tell maybe that, you know, that Lynn was kind of a loose cannon. Yeah, Lynn, I mean, it seems to me that Lynn is is definitely controlling the sort of direction of the conversation and that he is uh, in a point of offense and Byrne and Flynn uh, both are, seems like they're playing defense. I also want to point out that you know, uh, it's kind of ludicrous that Lynn Wood, again, would like act outraged at evidence-free accusations. Uh, in December of last year, Wood implied that Chief Justice John Roberts is a pedophile and was involved in the death of Justice Scalia. Further, Wood claimed that Roberts adopted two children through Jeffrey Epstein and that Epstein was possibly still alive and he would maybe reveal himself and then talk about what Roberts had done. In the calls, Wood then accuses Flynn of being on the board of Pegasus, is what he says. So this is in reference to the fact that Flynn worked as an advisory board member for a company that is an offshoot of the Israeli spyware firm NSO Group. NSO Group licensed software called Pegasus, which according to a report by the Washington Post and others, was used in attempted and successful hacks of at least 37 smartphones. These smartphones belong to journalists human rights activists, business executives, and two women close to murdered Saudi journalist Jamal Khashoggi. According to the report, Flynn was paid roughly $100,000 for his work as a consultant for the companies between 2015 and 2017. On the phone call, Wood claims that Flynn earned a million dollars for his work, but I haven't seen that figure reported anywhere. But I also saw where you got a million dollars in 2016 being on the board of directors of Pegasus. And I'm not a fan of Pegasus. I never did that. I never got that. There's a listing that someone sent around a document for Pegasus. Pegasus it, had, it had, I think it was, no, don't have it in front right. of me. That's not right. I'll look and I see if I can yeah. find it because there's a lot of false information going around. Yeah, that's false information. Yeah, yeah that's, that's fake news. I mean, I, I got emails and Again, it's like Flynn is like cowering here. Like, like, like Wood is the one bringing up these accusations. You're involved in the spyware company, man. I don't like it. He's like, no, I'm, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about, man. What? Is, everything's good. Don't you worry. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I wish I had that money. After this on the call, Wood finally addresses the issue of QAnon. And Flynn dismisses QAnon as a disinformation campaign, possibly from the CIA. 
So the, the QAnon movement really is a movement that spent, spun out of your digital soldiers. I'm tired of these QAnon people attacking yeah, maybe, me. Maybe, I don't know that. But yeah, you know, know some of them. I think it's a disinformation campaign. I think it's a disinformation campaign that the CIA created. That's what I believe now. Uh, you know, I don't know that for a fact, but that's what I think it is. Now, it's really bizarre that that Flynn would just like just hand wave and dismiss QAnon away this way. He didn't even do the Trump thing. It was like, well, you know, they're very good people. You know, I think they're patriots and people who want to do good, want to uh, get rid of pedophiles. Not even that route. Just oh, it's just disinformation. Don't like it. CIA. It's also bizarre because, first of all, Flynn is a core part of the QAnon mythology. The first Q drop that referenced Flynn came on October 31st, 2017, just three days after the very first drop. And over the years, there would be dozens of drops that directly reference Flynn and like build him up. This this legendary figure. You know, Q drops say that like he knows where the bodies are buried and like he's the, he's going to use his like military intelligence to like take down the deep state. So he thinks that these posts that make him look awesome are, are part of a CIA disinformation campaign. It's also weird because there are several Q posts that explicitly bash the CIA, call it, you know, clowns in America. It's just a, it would be a weird strategy for the CIA. The CIA does a lot of shady shit, but uh, they usually don't, you know, try to make people believe that they are an evil organization that ought to be destroyed. Yeah, in my opinion, this is a, 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 a private and public sort of thing and, and maybe suggests that, um, that Flynn isn't as aware of the sort of QAnon mythology as I think that he's credited for sometimes i i I think that (laughs) since i mean i mean i suppose as possible but it's also like hard to believe because like he's also like you know pandered to the QAnon community first definitely he he signed books where we go where we go one we go all he did the trademark digital soldiers Mm -hmm. and all that stuff but i guess the question is that that remains to be answered is was he doing that because he he saw it was popular and kind of maybe didn't even know what it, you know, what it, what it really was in its entirety and just saw it as like, oh, these are, you know, people who want to fight for me. And so like, oh, this is their slogan where we go one, we go all. To me, it's most credible that he was briefed about this kind of Steve Bannon-esque, like posting matters kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And he took that in his brain and was like making speeches and shit, you know, it just came out like an I am prayer from his pocket. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, he started a company. He's like, this is good. This is the way we can, you know, I can, uh, this is the way I've get, been getting the best response online. Yeah. That's the I'll most credible. I'll keep posting. I will keep posting this because it's doing well. It's helping my legal defense fund. Uh, it's giving me people to go out and speak yeah. to. I'm getting these, you know, I'm getting speak, you know, speech uh, fees uh, to go out and do this with without necessarily, you know, because he doesn't say anything about QAnon, at least to me, uh, that implies that he really understands what understands it is. fully and believes it. These are two things that have not been proven that he understands it fully and believes it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, there's a couple other things. There's also the fact that like he took like the digital soldier oath, which was like in response to a Q drop. Yeah. Um, which so that's that's weird. Uh, and I, the other weird thing is that when Michael Flynn is like directly asked about QAnon from like from like a reporter, um, he his usual tactic is like play dumb and say that he's like not even sure what it is. For example, in March of this year, a journalist with uh, Tulsa World asked Flynn about QAnon, and Flynn just uh, deflected. In researching this interview, I see that uh, 
people say that you are a supporter of QAnon. What is that? It's an online conspiracy. Is that, is that the blue anon thing? No, QAnon. What do you What do you think it is? Uh, I don't know. I see a lot of uh, people supporting it. Uh, some of the stuff they believe in. Do you support it or not? Do I support what? QAnon. What is it? The online movement. And what does it do? What does it stand for? Uh, I don't know. I've read that you're, you're supported. Where'd you read that? In true, what, what's the name of your outfit? True what? The Tulsa World. Tulsa World. So did you write about well, it? I'm asking you if you support it. I mean, I have to kind of, I'd have to know what it is. You don't know what it is? I mean, I, I know I've heard about it, but what, what is it? What does it represent? An online group of people that believe there's conspiracies in government. An online group that believe that there's conspiracies in government. Yes, is there, is there, are there other online groups that have that same belief or what? I don't know. I'm asking you about that one. <laughs> to me, this reads that he knows that it's a secret handshake. Yes. He knows yeah, that it's a I thing that, that profits him, but he doesn't necessarily like actually understand it fully. Like he just is like, this is the thing I have to hide. I understand that on a PR side. And yeah, on the other side, he, I understand I'm getting support. Yeah, this is this to me reads as as what he's been coached to do if if approached about this particular thing. Exactly. And 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 that makes sense to me because you know, if you're Trump world, right? You're in a very tough position. You've got um this this group online that is a a growing uh rabid uh part of your base who uh will support you uh, no matter what. I mean, in fact, they've supported you uh, through all of your failures, uh, both in policy and both the conspiracy theories that they you thought you, that you would bring to light, they're still with you. They keep moving the goalposts. This is a group that you cannot alienate if you are in Trump world because it, they must have uh, some. Uh, I, I would imagine that they have certain data that sh that shows them that this is a significant part of the base. But at the same time, you have every media outlet sort of framing this as this, you know, kooky, well, telling, you know, telling it for what it is, which is this, you know, kind of wild, uh, far right, violent, uh, you know, ideology that is bad. It's it's bad. And so it puts you in a very sticky situation because you do not want to alienate these voters. But at the same time, you also don't want to say, yeah, I love QAnon. I'm full. And Trump basically did that eventually. But I think that in the the as it was becoming popular, they sort of didn't know what to make of it. And, uh, you know, I was you know, the, you were talking, Travis, earlier about the the QAnon uh, prayer or the digital soldiers. Oh, there was also don't forget the the watch the water uh, uh, where where people believed that the banner pick on Michael Flynn's Twitter, which was varying degrees of waves. Uh, first, it was a calm, you know, it was a calm sort of beach scene. And then it was one that had, you know, sort of yeah. high, high rip curls. He replaced his banner pick with a photo that was taken from a, uh, a video that was made from this QAnon promoter named Corticon. So, I, you know, it's like, I, he, he, oh, man, he engaged with the QAnon communities like so much. Mm -hmm. It was, I don't know, it would be hard. I just like, it's, I can't wrap my brain around him being quite that dumb. Be like, oh, oh, who are these, all these people who are just slavishly devoted to me and, uh, you know, say digital soldiers a lot. Feel like, you know, take the time to learn a little bit about what they're, what they yeah. like and what they're up to. I'm a, it's like, I guess it's like, you're right. I think this is, this is interesting because it does reveal his sort of like public and private, 
uh, strategy about QAnon. In public, it'd be like, oh, oh what's that? What's the blue QAnon thing? Whatever. What, what do you think it is? Whereas like in private, it's like all, uh, I think it's a CIA op. And also, um, it's interesting that like this is this idea of like the CIA op line, that's not original to him. Uh, like Jerome Corsi at InfoWars said this in like early 2018 when they were like mad at QAnon for um for like basically saying that Jerome Corsi and Infowars were like grifters. I will say like the the best article uh, like that's a that's about Michael Flynn's involvement in QAnon was published on the Intercept. It was called uh the QAnon General and it basically uh, outlines like all the websites and sort of business uh corporations that were set up to uh to uh, to basically make a lot of money on the back of QAnon and I don't know. It, uh, I think it's a really interesting article. I think it's called the QAnon general. Um, so, I mean, I would check that out. That's probably like, I don't know, the most comprehensive case that's really detailed and like really, uh, rigorous about like how, how involved, uh, Michael Flynn was in QAnon according to the best available evidence. Flynn then goes on to recommend an article to Wood about how Q has failed. And, uh, this, this is a kind of disturbing information because it, it reveals where, Flynn is getting his news and what kind of information Flynn is recommending and reading. Actually, a very interesting article today out that was sent to me. Uh, I'll, I'll send it to you uh, about how the QAnon movement has failed and all that. But I, I, I find it a to, you know, total nonsense. And, and I think it's a disinformation campaign created by the, by the left and the, and the types of people that can create something like that are the kinds of people that we train for certain, you know, with certain skills in the CIA. And, yeah, and uh, I'm aware that the so CIA doesn't. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's what it was. Linwood also revealed his text messages with Flynn. Flynn apparently texted Wood this, and the typos are in the original text. Here is an article about Q. I have always believed it is a setup and a disinformation campaign to make people look like a bunch of kooks. It turns out that the article Flynn was referring to came from a website operated by the radio host Hal Turner. Now, before we even get in the content of the article itself, that's a huge red flag, mostly because Hal Turner is a white supremacist. I'm not throwing that label around casually. In July of 2002, Turner spoke at the Aryan Nations World Congress. As part of that whole ideological package, Turner, of course, is also an anti-Semite and a Holocaust denier. Turner has also been arrested multiple times for violent threats. In December of 2010, Turner was sentenced to 25 months in federal prison for calling for the death of judges who upheld a local handgun ban in Chicago. That threat included publishing the names, work addresses, phone numbers, and photographs of the three judges who decided the case. He was released in October of 2012, but barred from broadcasting for an additional three years. So this is the source of the articles that people are sending to Flynn that he's reading. They think, oh, this is the good stuff. Far Bad. more concerning yes, to me, right, honestly, no. than any of the QAnon right, no. shit. The fact that people are feeding uh, literal like Nazi articles to Mike Flynn and he's sharing it around like, oh, yeah, interesting article I saw. But it gets worse when you read the article itself. So the article is headlined, QAnon proves it has been a complete fraud for an entire year, makes total fools of Trump supporters on Election Day. The article itself, it starts off kind of innocuously by saying that QAnon followers are gullible. One full year after the Democrats stole the November 2020 presidential election, the people who were sucked in by the allegedly pro-Trump QAnon movement were made complete fools of publicly by the fraudulent QAnon that has misled them for a full year. 
For a full year, QAnon has been peddling the lie that Trump would be reinstalled as president. Some, quote, white hats or a segment of the military were actually secretly in control, and Biden was going to be taken out of his illegitimate presidency and Trump reinstalled. Those of us who saw through this bullshit referred to the believers as being hooked on hopium, addicted to hope, a hope that was not ever going to come true. The article then laments all the lost people in the negative 48 cult who spent all day on November 2nd awaiting the return of JFK and JFK Jr. and then occupied the area for weeks afterwards. And then it takes a really dark turn. It essentially says that this is what happens when people are too cowardly to stand up, pick up guns and go kill the people who stole the election. And it it sort of adds a caveat that I'm not asking anyone to do that. I'm not going to do that. Um, but despite that caveat, the article, it still it, it goes on to imply the necessity of mass slaughter and intentionally killing people. Uh, the phrase brutally slaughter is also used in the article in an improving way. Now, I was really hesitant to like, you know, talk about like what this article said because it wasn't really like published so much. But I think it's sort of important to understand, like, this is the shit that Mike Flynn, a man who was once head of the DIA. Uh, once a national security advisor, a man who has has billions of devoted followers who thinks that he is, you know, brilliant. He's going to save America. This is the article. This is the information that enters his mind and then causes him to go. This is good. I'm going to share this with my allies because this is valuable information. Yeah, to me, this is so much more frightening. Uh, the idea of Flynn uh, having this kind of malleable brain that is like open to essentially like articles that are that are you know discussing the you know as as Travis quoted you know the brutal slaughter of politicians like that's much scarier to me that somebody is kind of so you know, so sort of melted that like this kind of shit can crawl across his desk or his, his phone screen. And he's like, he's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, a very interesting article. And you couple that with like his own fucking screeds that he's written and like ice, you know, these ISIS style, uh, fucking rants like that, that to me is so much scarier than the idea that Flynn is like some sort of mastermind behind QAnon. The idea that the, that the American, uh, state is in such a disarray that people like Flynn had power, continue to wield it, get pardoned for things. That's a more frightening proposition, I think, than Flynn just being a mastermind. Yeah, because, I mean, his ma- it, you know, if he's a mastermind, like, it didn't happen. Like, the storm, you know, never happened. I mean, you know, one could argue that uh, the insurrection on January 6th was the storm, uh, but I, I, I think if you asked any any true QAnon believers if if that they were satisfied with that, uh, the answer would overwhelmingly be no. Um, yeah, Flynn to me is much scarier as yeah the fact that he a got in power, b got pardoned, was was able to sort of escape uh you know escape justice from you know his you know indictment in uh you know resulting out of the the Mueller probe. And 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 is going on to, you know, especially of the shit that we talked about beforehand, him maybe planning questions about if he wants to be president or not, uh, you know, or even alluding to the idea, you know, maybe I'll ask my wife or stuff, knowing that this is the kind of shit that he reads, I think is like the worst aspect of this whole thing. In the phone call, Lynn Wood goes on to describe the two most pressing issues on his mind. Number one, the communist takeover of the country by means of election fraud. Number two, child sex trafficking. 
I think the second most important issue in this country, as much as we'd like to talk about uh, COVID and, and the vaccines, which are deadly, people take those by choice. I think the second most important issue in this country is child sex trafficking. Those children don't have a choice. I mean, it really is. Yep. Yep. So I'm kind of looking at the times I go. I don't charge travel. I don't charge security. I don't charge fees. Yeah. But I try to pick my, yeah. my battles carefully where I can go to focus on those yeah. two issues as well as the other issues that are before us. But we can't fix any issue until we fix 2020. If we fix 2020, I think we can fix yeah. everything. That's very interesting to me. Yeah. Be like, yeah, because like, yeah, Linwood, he had like where we go one, we go all in his bio and stuff. He never pussyfooted, which makes me believe he has nothing to do with it. This is a man who has no caution, which... Honestly, Lynn Wood is the only person who's able to make me think that uh, Michael Flynn has more to do with QAnon than someone else. Because <laughs> Lynn Wood is the classic scavenger. He is literally the vulture who comes in a- as the carcass is at its juiciest. Yeah. But it also, it kind of reiterates this idea, I mean, if he's telling the truth, um, that like that you can go full-on QAnon, have where we go one, we go all in your bio, and and be talking about QAnon publicly and have never read the drops or didn't even understand That's them. That's true. That, that essentially, that just kind of the flavor of QAnon was enough for you. It's like saying that anyone uses who uses a hashtag Black Lives Matter understands the historic racial, racial struggle in America. It's obviously false. Like, that's not how fucking self-representation on the internet works. Mm-hmm. It was interesting. Like, uh, on, on Telegram, Lindwood actually, like, basically claimed that he was still kind of mostly on board with Q. This clip of the posted conversation omits my statements that whether Q is a white hat psyop or black hat psyop, there was a considerable amount of truth to Q. Perhaps as much as 75 to 90% truth. I believe Q exists. And is real. I believe in the basic positions for which Q stands. I want child sex trafficking, pedophilia, and satanic rituals involving children to end now. Well, of course he does if he's a fucking Jesus guy, you know. Oh, it, I mean, it rocks to rail against stuff that doesn't exist and can't fight back. He goes on to say, I want all individuals involved in child sex trafficking to go to prison or suffer a worse punishment available under our laws. This apples wherever... This apples, not applies, this apples whether the involved individuals or political office holders, candidates, or individuals disguised as church leaders, patriot leaders, rhino Republicans, educators, etc., etc., etc. We need to identify and bring them all to justice. All means all, always has, always will. Lynn. So, you know, he... Didn't really read the Q drops, didn't really understand them, but man, there's mostly truth in there. I don't, I don't get it exactly. Except by, you're right. I think it's more like it's more like an identity and a vibe. It's like they, he knows that it's about satanic panic and McCarthyism, and he's mm-hmm. like all about that. Yeah. So, so he's uh, he's he's on board. Right, and I mean that's I think that that's a lot of people that got hooked on QAnon was it it validated things that they already were passionate about or believed in, you know. On the next part of the call, Lynn Wood complains about being attacked by QAnon John, who, again, is the organizer of the, you know, the big multi-day QAnon conferences. Uh, you know, they also happen to be planning another conference in, um, in Vegas this February, though uh, I don't think Flynn will be attending that one either. 
So in the call, Flynn says that the views of QAnon John are wacky. We got a lot of people that are like the disciples. One to betray Jesus actively for money. And the other 11 denied him because they were scared. So not many people support me. Like some of the people that QAnon John knows, Qtah and somebody that posts on We The Media and some guy named Jordan said, I want, you ought to tell QAnon John, you ought to tell QA John, QAnon John to make sure his troops understand Stop attacking me with these false yeah. nonsense stuff. I'm not going to tolerate it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, you know, I don't, I like him just because I, I met him as a person, but the, I think his views, and I've told him this, that his views about all that stuff are wacky. You know, you can't get into the, you know, there's no, there's no truth to any of that. It's all disinformation. And it's set up to set up to make people actually look like fools. That's really what this whole, that whole thing is. I try to look for uh, I'll try to look. I try to look. job with it. Well, but if it's a if it's a CIA disinformation or if it's a white hat that got kidnapped, mm-hmm. there's truth in it. Mm-hmm. So I try to look at it regardless of who's yeah. doing it to find the truth in it, and there's yeah. truth in it, General. Oh, you know, I, I spoke to QAnon John. I like him. He's a good guy. The only issue I have with him is that he believes QAnon. I mean, that's just. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, how mush brain do you have to be, be like, I'll say that, you know, Q, obviously, you know, QAnon John is fine. Just his, his views on the thing that's in his name is a problem. <laughs> the call ends with Michael Flynn assuring Linwood that he's a very much up and up kind of guy. I will, you know, I will tell you one thing from between you and I, you, you, you know, you always have my, my, uh, you know, my loyalty. And, uh, and, and to me, I, as, as people ask me about you, it's always, it's always very, very positive, very strong, very, uh, you know, very generous. I mean, because I, I just have just absolute respect for everything that you continue to fight for. I, I would only ask you to just make sure that you, uh, you know, on, on stuff like to me, like this stuff with this Pegasus thing, that's, you know, that's. I only told you about that. I only, I only told you about it because I saw it, and I didn't say a word and wouldn't say a word without well, talking to you about it. There's a lot of stuff out there about Q and me, and there's all, every article that somebody writes about Q, they always put my name in there, even though. Did I lose you? God damn it! I know this sucks. God. Fucking, you're, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Come on. Oh, fuck. What? That's not fair. Yeah, I know. This is bullshit. We have to study this. Just when he was talking about, like, how he's represented in relation to Q in the media. Like, the call cuts out. The fucking, his his handlers were like, nope, not talking about that. Weirdo. Yeah, or, or his fucking connection is just shitty like it always is whenever he calls into a podcast, whether it's in the Matrix or whatever. He's always got fucking shitty audio, but why? Why now? Why then? That that would be a very interesting piece uh, of of information there to hear his opinion, at least as as told to Lynn Wood about his association with QAnon f- within the media. I mean, I'm sure we could guess as to what it is, but we cover the holes in the cheese. We do. We are. We. I am a mouse. I am a tiny little mouse. Uh, I'm not getting any cheese. I'm just in whole. I'm just. I'm just eating whole. I. I. I don't. It's just air. I'm chewing fucking air sandwiches. After Lynn posted that phone call, uh, he kept like ranting on Telegram, uh, even doing some really weird nonsense. For example, he posted SEC documents 
which lists a man named Michael Flynn as having power of attorney for George Soros. Obviously, different Michael Flynn, an attorney who happens to have the same name. That was incredible. I mean, <laughs> Louise Manch's spirit is still alive online. Finally, on Telegram, Wood says that he's done hammering on Flynn. My journey with Michael T. Flynn is now over. I loved Mike and still do. But when the truth was revealed to me about him, I could not deny it. I felt that I had to share it with you. I try my imperfect best to speak truth. Mike was disloyal to me and betrayed me. I believe he had others try to harm me. But it is not about me. It is about you. I do not want Mike to be disloyal to you and betray you. I do not want Mike to harm you or our nation. I want you to do your own research, connect the dots, and draw your own conclusions. I forgive Mike. I still love him. I will keep praying for him. After this, in retaliation against Tucker Carlson for airing that interview with uh, Rittenhouse, would dump some text messages between him and Carlson. But honestly, they're pretty dull. Nothing juicy in there, unfortunately. QAnon John, after uh, attempting to stay neutral and keep the peace for days, uh, finally said, um, hashtag, I stand with Lynn in a Telegram post. Notably, Lynn Wood did not dump his communications with QAnon John, which I assume are plentiful. More recently, Lynn Wood lashed out at Charlie Kirk and Jack Posobiec for interviewing Kyle Rittenhouse without getting his side of the story as well. So that's uh that's basically where we are in the saga. He's uh Linwood is not a happy man, but I'll say this. Um I think that this this whole this whole saga kind of shows me that perhaps Wood is a little bit savvier than uh I thought he was for a couple reasons. Uh number one, because it he managed to basically like change the conversation in like in like conservative media. Because, because like the 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 like people were talking about online, be like, oh, can you believe that um you know that Lynn Wood ripped off Kyle Rittenhouse? What a monster! And now people are talking about like, oh my God, uh, uh Sydney Powell's, uh, you know, you know, her her organization is under investigation. Oh my God, Michael Flynn said that QAnon is disinformation and in the, the fraud. So basically, it's like, oh, all right, so this if this is the story that people are going to talk about. I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to make a bigger story in the media. I'm going to like dump some information so that the story about me and Rittenhouse is basically buried under a mountain of other drama conflict bullshit. Right. Because like if you look at the call itself, uh, Flynn isn't combative. Uh, Flynn doesn't challenge Wood. He lets him lead the entire thing. He, he, you know, in a lot of ways, almost every way kind of like kowtows to him, you know, kowtows to him. It's just it's it, I I don't know I guess it's hard for me to hear you know that conversation and then understand the the sort of connection and I guess it's my bad for trying to understand these people's motivations but like him being like I'm through with this guy you know what I mean it's like wait you called him he was very apologetic he said that he was super loyal to you uh you know he that he you know he thought you know you're doing great stuff and. You know, yada, yada, yada. And then to go below, be like, well, I'm through with him. Like, I, I don't know. To me, the call that he published, the only sort of like denigrating sort of thing is that Lynn is essentially like, I think QAnon is real. That there's, you know, even if it's a psyop, that there's, you know, 75% of truth in it. And I believe it. And Flynn essentially is like, well, I think the whole thing's, you know, nonsense. 
I mean, maybe that's the point with the, where he went. Okay, well, I'm done with him. If he thinks the whole thing is 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 nonsense, then I'm gonna blow this. I'm gonna blow this fucking out I of don't, the water. No, it's not. I don't think it, this was an ideological split. It was really the Rittenhouse reputation thing. Like mm-hmm. he was, you know, he was he, he was a guy. He was already apparently like. Uh, having some trouble with like uh, the bar apparently for his uh, his his law license, and mm-hmm. he was you felt like he was like under attack and like you know the you know, the media is reality in the, in these people's worlds, and uh, he felt like his friends weren't like coming to his uh, co- coming to his aid. So it's like oh oh man, if you won't fucking help me, then fuck you. I will cause a big old mess in this house. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it is it is bizarre to, that like. Like Flynn and Byrne uh, uh, were like all Wood, fuck off. You're accusing me of bullshit. You're accusing me of like your Wood was like, hey, you're accusing me of like being involved in this corrupt organization. Fuck you. Don't don't try and say that about me. It's bullshit. I don't have to answer your questions. And Flynn was like all, hey, man, I was like, I, I was like, I'm not I don't have to like, you know, I don't have to explain myself to you about like what organizations I'm involved with, what boards I'm on. Why? What the fuck business is of yours? Fuck off. He doesn't say that. He's no, 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 no. Wood. Hey, man, it's all good. I didn't hear anything about that. It would be cut. It was like he's very, like you know, cowering. You've never had a drunk uncle at a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's not like you know. I mean, other than you know, sort of like what Flynn says about QAnon. It's not like Lynn Wood has the goods on Flynn. It's like if he were the Michael Flynn, maybe that was donating to George Soros or whatever. You know, yeah, that would look like r- really bad to to Flynn's supporters. But like, he didn't have that on him. It's just like. I, I, yeah, I wonder, like, I, it's curious to me why they are so, I mean, it's possible that they knew that they were being recorded, but I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. And they just didn't want the calls to come off as them being sort of inflammatory and, and, and sort of aggressive. I mean, maybe we'll never know, but, um, certainly fascinating stuff and a fascinating amount of clips, uh, and, and information that you've compiled for us, Travis. I mean, to me, this is kind of one of the most interesting episodes that we've done recently because it's it's very, very rare uh, that we get a kind of behind-the-scenes look at these two major sort of QAnon promoters and influencers. Jake has put your work on the fridge, Travis. Just discussing it kind of candidly off the record. I mean, it's just fascinating to me. Yeah, it is sort of like a good, always an unresolved question. Be like, oh, how much of their bullshit do they believe? How much is performance? How much is uh, pandering? Like, like, what exactly is their relationship between their conspiracy theories and their audience? Uh, because that will, like, you know, I think that if we knew that would give us a, a great deal of insight into the psychology of these people. Because it's always been all mysterious. It's like, like, how much of this bullshit do you actually swallow? And how much of it is uh, is just you sort of, like, either saying you believe it or not sort of rebutting it because you know that you have a lot of kooky people who are in your caucus. Thanks for listening to another episode of QAnon Anonymous Podcast. Please go to our Patreon and subscribe for five bucks a month to get a whole second episode every single week. Your support helps us stay advertising free and editorially independent. For everything else, we have a website, QAnonAnonymous.com. Listener, until next week, May the deep dish bless you and keep you. It's not a conspiracy. It's fact. And now, today's auto cue. Now, Linwood brings this up in a private phone call with General Flynn because he is tired of, quote, QAnon people attacking me, end quote. 
Now, clearly, Lynn Wood thinks that General Flynn has some behind-the-scenes role and that by addressing the issue directly with him, he can urge General Flynn to speak about it publicly, thereby stopping any attacks that Lynn believes are coming at him. Now, I also think that by recording a private phone call with General Flynn, Lynn could either use that later against him uh, with people that he perceives in the movement to be launching those attacks on him. And I know that undoubtedly there are those out there who probably heard this recording and maybe threw their hands up in the air. And I think that's because there is fatigue on behalf of many people who are out there. We have witnessed some horrific things over the course of the last couple of years. People are tired. They are tired of their own perceptions of what was said in those posts. They are tired of people's predictions. They're tired of decodes from the posts not coming true. And some people think that Trump abandoned them and maybe even now believe that Q itself was a LARP. Not everyone, but there are enough people out there to make a comment on it. Now, I don't like that Lynn Wood made this recording for the same reason that I don't like the Access Hollywood release of President Trump saying grab him by the pussy. I think that recording a private phone call and releasing it in this manner, not for a journalistic purpose, but for the purpose of using it as ammunition is unfair at best and malicious at worst.